Section 4 of An American Vendetta. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An American Vendetta A Story of Barbarism in the United States by T. C. Crawford. Chapter 3a, Part 2. How Jeff McCoy paid the penalty the next murder which occurred between the hatfields and the mccoys and directly growing out of this renewed agitation brought about by the offering of the rewards was that of jeff mccoy jeff mccoy had killed a man by the name of woodford in kentucky and during the mild indignation upon the subject had crossed over to the west virginia side to wait for subsidence of the local prejudice while over there he visited captain hatfield who had a man by the name of wallace working for him jeff mccoy got into a quarrel with wallace and shot him in the hip that evening during the course of a heated argument it was a mere flesh wound and no mountaineer lays up with anything short of actual bone break wallace and captain hatfield spent the greater part of the night in discussing what they should do with jeff mccoy whether they should take him to logan courthouse and have him tried for the shooting of wallace or whether they should force him back to kentucky to be tried for the actual killing of woodford they finally concluded to take him to logan courthouse and so again using the language of this country they arrested him and started for logan courthouse on their way there jeff cut the rope that bound him got away ran to the river and started to swim across wallace shot at him a number of times and captain hatfield probably as well he was killed just as he reached the opposite bank and so that case was settled mccoy's raiding hatfield territory there now began a series of raids between the states of kentucky and west virginia which have been misrepresented and misunderstood simply on account of the meagre reports which come out from time to time from this most distant region the governor of kentucky directed certain deputies and principally one by the name of phillips living in pike county to receive certain prisoners from west virginia upon the governor of which state requisitions were to be made phillips misconstrued this authority according to the domineering idea of the mountaineer and honestly started out with the view that he was to cross the river and himself execute the arrest upon the soil of the state of west virginia so he astonished and outraged the citizens of that state by swooping down one day with a guard of thirty or forty people and capturing a man by the name of tom chambers whom he carried off to the pike county jail chambers was charged with being an accessory to the murder of the three mccoys who were executed for the murder of ellison hatfield this raid caused great indignation and was given out to the country as the raid of the mccoy family in the interest of the feud there followed very soon afterwards a second raid led by phillips in this second raid kurt mccoy 
and Moses Christian were captured, and it led to one of the most terrible crimes in the history of the feud. Murdering an innocent girl. The Hatfields are able, daring, vindictive men, and as they could not understand these raids, they thought that they were inspired by the McCoys. They did not understand their assumption of legal character, and so the house of Randolph McCoy one night was surrounded by the Hatfield crowd. The house was fired into, a sharp volley was returned, and then, seeing that they were likely to receive as good as they could give, the house was set on fire and the family driven out. In the escape of the family from the house, a daughter, a poor girl in the neighborhood of sixteen years of age, something of an invalid, was shot deliberately by one of the attacking party. The old lady was beaten about the head with a gun so that her life was despaired of for several days, and one of the sons was killed. The house was burned to the ground. Randolph McCoy, the head of the family, escaped. This burning of the house and the atrocious murders in connection with it brought on another raiding party under the head of Phillips. Phillips, who is a young, smooth-faced, dark-complexioned fellow of about twenty-seven, fond of adventure and power, was fired with the spirit of the feud. He came over not as an officer of the law, because if he had understood his duties, he would have known that his invasion of the state of West Virginia without proper authority only placed his acts upon a par with the outlawry which he was ostensibly seeking to put down. In this third raid made by Phillips, James Vance, who was the leader at the house burning, was captured and killed. Vance was a powerful man, beyond the medium point of life. He was a vindictive fighter, and it is related by one of Phillips' men that when they came up to the old fellow as he was dying, they found him with his right forefinger clasped around the trigger of his pistol trying with his last dying strength to shoot one more shot. Phillips and his crowd, after they killed Vance, robbed him of a number of his personal effects, which they carried back with them to Kentucky. This I have learned from several Pike County people and from one of the magistrates of that neighborhood. The people who are supposed to be responsible for this house burning and the crimes connected therewith are Johns Hatfield, Cap Hatfield, James Vance, Tom Mitchell, French Ellis, Bob Hatfield, Elliot Hatfield, Charles Gillespie, and Ellis Mounts. Since my return to Charleston, the chief of detectives of the state of West Virginia informed me that Gillespie has been arrested and will be turned over to the Kentucky authorities at Catlettsburg by the first of next week. Gillespie has made a full confession, and it is said his confession will be sufficient to implicate all of the people above named. He says that Mounts killed the girl and beat the old lady about the head, and that Cap Hatfield killed the son at the time of the house-burning raid. End of section 4. Recording by Linda Johnson.